Welcome to Global Truth Center. So regarding beginnings, um, if we were to really remember that everything was new, every time we would stop letting past interfere in the present. Don't you think? If we were to really understand, really get it, that everything is new. I know Bear is starting his second year of law school, right? And, and, and he said when he came in, he said, oh my God, there's just so much homework. So, but it's new, right? It's brand new for you. This is all new. You don't have to worry about last year. Last year, you aced in a big way. Um, so this year's a new, a, new, a new beginning every day. Because think about it. If you like get drawn down by all the homework, and even though we're not in school anymore, a lot of us, there's still homework, which is the homework of living. Yes? All the things that you still have. How many of you sitting here right now have things that you didn't finish that you know you have to do this week? And how many of you drag that into every day? <laughs> Yesterday, I know, right? We drag it into every day, and then we're, we feel a little bit discombobulated, right? But it's a new beginning every day, no matter what. Everything is a new beginning. We were going out to see a, a, a play last night, Kevin and I, and he's like, James, what are you doing? And I said, I am finishing everything I thought I had to do today. These emails, which, which was good for me, not so good for him because he was waiting for me to get in the car. Um, but I did. I was like, I have this one email that I was supposed to send for like the last two weeks. And I, you, know the, you know those kind of emails? Am I the only one? <laughs> right? And, I, and I'm like, I, I, so finally, I just wrote the email. And then when I did, I went, I have another one too that I needed to do. So I did the other email, and it was just amazing. I left the house going, wow, it is a new beginning. Everything's brand new, because I've done. I've left everything behind me. So if we were to really understand that everything is a new beginning, every time we take a breath, which is what that quote is all about, everything is new, with every new breath I take a new begin. I, with every breath I take, it's a new beginning. If we were to get that, we'd stop letting the past hold us back. We would stop letting the past take us and, and, and literally diminish us. Walt Whitman said this, afoot and lighthearted, I take to the open road. Healthy, free, the world before me. Afoot and lighthearted, I take to the open road. Healthy, free, the world before me. So if we're talking about beginnings this month, that everything is a new beginning, and I love Walt Whitman, he's one of my favorite poets, I take to the world everything before me. How often do we take to the world this way? Looking at everything back there and we just keep going and we're dragging it with us as we go. This is our month to really get a, a, a concept of living life from the understanding of everything is new. Everything is new, right here, right now. So that's what I'm excited about this particular month. Um, the title of my talk today is this, To Win, You Must Begin. And I love, thank you for, to Sandy for finding that, to win, you must begin. So in this modern world that we live in, winning is a big deal. Um, succeeding is a big deal. Accomplishing is a big deal. 
How many of you have ever felt stressed under the concept of winning? Or stressed under the concept of succeeding? Or stressed under the concept of having to accomplish? Right? Why do we get stressed? Why do those things sometimes throw us? Why is this, this, this culture of having to be the best at everything, why is that so predominant in our culture? Why must we win? Why must we accomplish? My, why must we make a lot of money to prove how valuable we are? I used a quote on uh, Friday night. How many of you were at Friday night's The Interview? Yeah. It was, thank you, Lisa Carey, for all you did to market that, um, publicize that. Uh, it was an amazing evening, you know, sitting here with Holland Taylor and just watching and listening to what she had to say. Most people think of her as, you know, Evelyn Harper in Two and a Half Men, that she's this crazy, you know, sex fiend mother-in-law. And yet she's a, uh, you know, she has her uh, master's degree in spiritual psychology. And those of you who are here, you now know she is a brilliant, brilliant mystic. You know, she just, and after the, after the show, she said, I feel like I went on too long. She said, I feel like I just kept answering the questions really too long. And I went, no. And when you did, I stopped you. <laughs> no, and it, it was just great. But she, uh, one of the quotes I used on Friday night was a Deepak Chopra quote, quote, which was, you are valuable not because of what you do, but because of who you are. You are valuable not because of what you do, because of who, but because of who you are. What you do is merely a representation of who you are, but not the truth of who you are. What you do is really a, a representation of who you've decided you are. Because who you are is perfect. Who you are is God. Who you are is the presence of the entire ocean in this gorgeous little drop called you. That's who you are. That's who you came into life as. That's what came out and put, got put in a little bassinet or wherever you got put. That's what came out, perfection. And then along the way, we forget that, which is why remember who you are is so important. It's why I'm standing here. Along the way, we forget. We forget that we're perfect. We forget that we are so creative. We forget that there's no losing. There is only winning, if you want to call winning, getting to the end of anything, anything. And no matter what the end looks like, how it turns out. And Holland had a great, great talk about that in her career. You know, and I love that part of our discussion on Friday. So winning, succeeding, accomplishing. The answer is how. The question is how. But the answer to how do I win? How do I accomplish? How do I succeed? I want to succeed. How many people here want to succeed in life? And the rest of you? <laughs> how many people want to win when they do something? I'm, I'm, I know I am not the only one in this room, well, because Kevin's here. I know I'm not the only one in this room that when I do something, I want to win. I don't play a game to lose. Does anyone play a game to lose? <laughs> Thinking about it. No, I play to win. The question is, do I always win? Yes. <laughs> I do, because I played the game. That's the winning. Playing the game is the winning. When we were on the houseboat uh, at, on Lake Powell, there were six of us, and we played this game called Oh Hell, a card game. And I'm going to be really honest. I wasn't really thinking about winning. I, I would like to, I've always liked to win, but I wasn't really thinking about it. And I started winning every game. And as, I, as I'm winning every game, I'm thinking, maybe it's because I'm not attached to winning. I'm just like winning. And I think we played six games and I won five. Is that what it was? We let. 
First of all, in that game, it's impossible to let me win, just to tell you. So, so I won five out of six games, but here's what happened. So then we come back. We had, we had dinner last weekend. We played the game again. I came in last place. You know why? I wanted to win. I was like, I am not ruining this, this. And therefore, every question that came up about which card to throw, I was like, mm, do I want to, uh. And I'm stressed. I am stressed about it. So I'm like, ow, it was the other one. And, and the game just got worse and worse, and I came in last place. And I was really okay with it. <laughs> oh, you turned so quickly. Okay. Um, but, but I got it. I got it. It was like... When you know who you are, when you really know who you are, you just allow life to do what it does, and you find yourself on the winning side most of the time. Because even if you don't win, you know what you've gotten out of it. You know? But when you get all stressed up, stressed out, and start thinking you're in charge, and that's the big one, like you're in charge of who's gonna win. You're not really in charge of who's gonna win, ever. You are always in charge of how you show up in the game. You're always in charge of how you do it. You know, so um, Michael Jordan said this. I love when people laugh when I quote a sports person. Um, oh, and last week I read the wrong name for the pitcher. But I haven't fixed it in my head yet, so oh well. Um, <laughs> remember who it was? What was it? A Dodgers pitcher. Jensen. Jen Jensen. And that is his name, Jensen. I think. Jetson. Michael Jordan, <laughs> Jansen, Jansen, and I said Jetson or Johnson, Jackson. This is the one who told me when I left. Okay, that's not, you just quoted nobody. So, and Holland Taylor said to me, she said, darling, you need to use cards. Because on, on Friday night, those of you who are here, she leaned off of the chair and said, he gets a lot of details wrong. <laughs> to which point Kevin got up and they high-fived. And that's all on film for me to have. Yeah. It will not be in my sizzle reel, but, you know. Uh, and all because I said that we f the kids first saw Anne in G Galveston, and it was San Antonio. And I was like, I don't get the details wrong. I'm just misguided occasionally. <laughs> And you could have just said San Antonio, and I'd have been, oh, of course, it was San Antonio. Anyway, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times, I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. There's consciousness. There's consciousness. Because just let's suppose every time one of those 9,000 shots that he didn't make, if it affected him, diminished him somehow. Or if every one of those 300 games made it impossible for him to step into the, onto the court again to try this next game. Or that those 26 times that it was literally up to him to win the game and he didn't, that it just paralyzed him. And I'd like you to just think about yourself. Are there things in your life that have diminished you? Are there things in your life that have created the person you stand here being today 
that you maybe want to release and let go of. Every time you step into anything, it's a beginning. But it's not always a new beginning if you bring everything from the past into it. All of your fears, all of your doubts, all of your beliefs perhaps that are not serving you, you all have these core beliefs that are running your lives. What you believe is the way you think. The way you think is how you speak and how you act and your life follows. So it's very important to know how much of the past are you dragging into your present? How much of what has happened? Actors, I learned this along the way as an actor. I could never let any of my failures affect my next audition. I could not, and it happened. There were times, I remember when I first moved to New York, I was the, you know, I walked in the room and I got the job, and, and then I didn't. And the first time I didn't, I was like, that can happen? <laughs> they could actually pick the other person? Shocking. And, but it defected me, and I remember once, literally, standing, sitting outside when they were casting chess, and it got down to three of us and sitting on that chair and listening to the two people before me hit that high B at the end of um, that song that the American sings, and just sitting there going, I don't have that note, I don't have that note, I don't have that note, and I did have that note. I mean, I had just done Jesus Christ Superstar, and I did have that note, but I let the past and some of the things that happened in the past, and that day I actually had a coaching session. They took all three of us into a coaching session with a brilliant man named David Caddick, who ran all of Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows. And he worked with all three of us. You had to get past him to get to that final audition, which is why there were only three of us left on the couch. So that afternoon, I had trouble hitting that high, actually it wasn't, it was a high B, high B, full voice. And I had trouble hitting it, but he got it out of me. He says, there, you have it. You just hit it, now you're done, you always have it. But I sat on the couch going, do I? I didn't, I, I sang it about eight times wrong, and I hit it once. What's the chance I'm, so, I learned, because I went in and just croaked. I sang the song great, I acted the song great. I got to the end, Bitty the child, I went for that note and I was like, ah! <laughs> and I remember the ABBA team was there, because it was written by ABBA, and they're all sitting there, everybody's there, a very high profile day. And I hit that note, and I'll never forget watching one of the ABBA people go. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, well, if, if it's a comedic role, I might have just gotten it. Um, <laughs> And so I just tried and tried. I kept trying to hit the note, and I really couldn't hit the note until finally David Caddick said, mix it. And I sang it beautifully. But they didn't want it mixed. They wanted a full belt. They didn't want you mixing that note. So I didn't get the part. I have no, no regrets over that, no anger over who got it, sort of. I just feel I learned a huge lesson that day, which was that when you know who you are, it just doesn't matter what you've done up to this point. Everything's a new beginning. I don't think God, our, our, our idea of what God used to be maybe in our other previous religions or spiritual paths, I don't know that we ever thought that God, that being, that eternal, brilliant, perfect being could ever do anything wrong. I didn't. I didn't think God had it in him. God could hit the A, the B, the C, or the D. God could do whatever it wanted to do. Well, so can I when I remember who I am and what I was brought here to do. So, every shot you take, like Michael Jordan, is a new beginning. Don't take your failures into the new beginning. And I loved his quote, and I brought it out here because he took all of those failures into his beginning because those failures weren't failures. They were just part of who he is and all of who he is. So yeah, I've had failures. Have you all had failures? 
we've all had failure. Anybody not ever have any failure? Because then you need to come up here. No, we've all had failures. But do we see them as failures? It's funny, when we get older, you know, I'm just about to turn 65, so I get to look back at so much stuff, and I think, how could that have been? That wasn't a failure. Boy, it felt like it at the time. It felt like a real failure. Anything that I really wanted and didn't get felt like a real failure. But sometimes I look back and I see it and go, wow, if that had happened, this wouldn't have happened. You know, your life unfolds perfectly, no matter what. And I know someone said to me yesterday, we ran into people, we went to Nora's high school last night, and it was a little emotional. We both admitted that, driving onto the grounds, and I'm getting a little emotional now. Um, <clears throat> driving onto the grounds was a little emotional. She used to have pictures of Nora up there, remember the flags with her picture on it? You know, and I looked to see who were the new kids on the flags. And, um, you know, when, when we pulled in, you know, I could feel all of the emotions and all of the stuff. But I really started to ask myself, do you want to think of, what do you want to think of? Because you're a choice. How do you want to process this? How do you want to, what do you want to think here? And I really got it. I can't pull all of this into my, my present. I can only deal with it from the present. And somebody said to me last night, um, you know, how was it going? You know, how's it going with everything? How is, you know, you must really miss Nora. And she went into this, and it was very well-meaning, and she said, she said, I can't imagine that, I don't even know how you get out of bed in the morning. And I thought about it, and I, and I thought about it, and then she said, she said, but I must say, I watched church that Sunday, and I was blown away and loved that you got up on stage because somebody told you that you were going to lose your faith, or they challenged your faith. And just to be clear, um, it is why I came that Sunday, because I, I, I had very good reason to stay home to just take care of myself. But when I heard someone say on Facebook, this is gonna have to, you're really gonna have to readdress the idea that my life unfolds perfectly. Because you certainly can't think losing your 19-year-old daughter was the perfect evolution of your life. Well, you know what? Nora's death was the perfect evolution of her life because that was her new beginning. That was the beginning of whatever came next for her. I don't know what that is, where she is, what she's doing. I'm sure she's having an amazing time. She's so talented. I'm sure she's using her talents perfectly. It might not have felt like my, the best unfoldment of my life or my husband's life or Will's life or any of our life to not have her here, but life still unfolds perfectly. And I am not going to wait till I'm 80 to look back and see what that was all about. I'm going to trust now that I get it that life unfolds perfectly, and so it is. So it's every day we learn these lessons that we're gonna begin again or we're gonna just pull the past in with us. Um, so on Friday night, Holland said something that got a lot of Facebook time. She said, tick fricking talk. <laughs> Do you remember that? She was talking about um, life unfolding and who you are, and how old you get to be, and what you're doing, and she finally, she was like, she got very animated, and she was like, because I realized there was so much for me to do in life, and you know what? Tick freaking talk. <laughs> and everybody went hysterical, and then people started quoting it on Facebook, Instagram, it's like, tick freaking talk, Holland Taylor. Um, Ernest Holmes said, prepare your mind to receive the best that life has to offer. Prepare your mind to receive the best that life has to offer. So. I'm 65, what do I have, 35 years left, 45 maybe? I'm thinking 100, really? Well, I'm glad you're not my doctor. Um, 
right? So I, I see 110, why not 115? Please, Nancy Bergeron, who is, I don't I never remember how old you are, I think you're 86. You're 86, 86. She was at a rap party last night for Jim Carrey, dancing, what was she dancing? Uh, gangster rap. Gangster rap. Uh. At 86, she's at a, at a rap party for Kidding, which she just shot two episodes of, and she's, she's the woman out on the dance floor doing gangster rap. She got the party started. Yeah, she started the party. So that's 86. She's gonna be doing that when she's 106, I'm sure. So, so right? So, so Ernest Holmes says, prepare your mind to receive the best that life has to offer. Prepare your mind for the day at, that's, that's in front of you. Prepare yourself. What are you preparing yourself for? If everything is a, is, is a new beginning, and if to win you must begin, then you must begin where you are by knowing who you are. And as Ernest Holmes says, preparing your mind to receive based on who you are, not based on what has happened. Because if you're gonna base it on what's, what has happened, you're just gonna get more of the same, more of the same, same old, same old, same old. And I don't know about you, I don't want same old, same old, same old. I want new, I want vibrant, I want exciting, I want passionate, I wanna do things I've never done before. Why do I feel like I'm in a musical? There's some song that comes right after that. There's got to be something better than this. There's got to be, yeah. I knew it was something. I could feel it. I want to do things. I want to get up, get up, live it. Right. So that's what I want out of my life, right? And that means, what? Don't get on charity. Yes. That's sweet charity. Uh, so, so that's really what this whole month is about, to begin again. Every single moment, a new beginning. And as Ernest Holmes says, to prepare your mind for the greatest gifts you could ever possibly get. That means be prepared to get it. Be prepared to get it, even if you think it's a long shot. You know, I gotta be honest, sitting on that chair out in the Minskoff studios waiting to go in and be the third person to sing, um, I was prepared to lose it. I was prepared to not get it. I was prepared for one of those two guys to get it, which one of them did. That's what I was prepared for. So you gotta know what, you're being, what you are prepared for in life. Your already established premises of life are preparing you to receive exactly what those premises are. And if your premise is, eh, sometimes you eat the bear, sometimes the bear eats you, then there's gonna be days when the bear eats you. And there'll be days when you eat the bear, which you really shouldn't do, right? There are days when you're gonna win, days when you're gonna lose. Good times, bum times, I've seen them all. But I am still here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I recognize is that I need to be prepared for all the good and leave anything else behind me. That's how we begin again, by remembering who we are, by preparing our minds to accept our greatest good and to not bring anything up behind us. So my question to you, what are you prepared to receive? What are you prepared to receive in this life? Now notice I'm not saying what do you want. I'm not saying that. You can have your wants, you can have your desires, but what are you prepared to receive? That's the important question. Not what do you want. You can just give me a litany of things you want. What are you prepared to receive? Because the universal law of life is sitting right here, right here, it is me, it's what I am, saying, what are you ready for me to give you? And you have to really be ready for it. You have to believe that it's yours. You have to know that it's yours to have, yours to live, yours to do. And when you do know that, 
When you get that so clearly, then the universe can't help. The only thing it can do is say, and here it is. So I want you to really spend some time this week asking yourself, what am I prepared to receive? And if you notice things coming in like, yeah, I'm kind of I'm worried about this, I'm kind of worried about that, deal with it. Move them out and start preparing your mind to receive what you are equal to. And I know that you are equal to the most amazing success, to the most amazing winning streak that never ends, and that you are perfectly equal to the greatest accomplishments you could ever imagine. That's who you are. Now stand in that and start. Namaste. Thank you. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.